Welcome to Yoga's Joyful Journey, a multi-potential journey to creative clarity. I'm your host, Yoga Wijn, and we'll be talking to amazing creative people about various topics like multi-potentialism, having many ideas, and shiny objects. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following me on Instagram at the underscore green underscore nick. everybody thank you for listening to another great episode today we will be talking to the wonderfully talented amazing sign writer leanne barker hi leanne hi yoki how are you i'm good how are you very well looking forward to having an early night tonight because it's actually dark here so you know i'm ahead of you so it's 5 30 here on a Tuesday night. A beautiful morning over there. So I love the time zones. It's different, isn't it? Yeah, we forget that, you know, it's such a big world and, and we can connect so easily now through technology. It is really great because, yeah, you're all the way in Australia and I'm here in the Netherlands. So I'm so amazed that you're on the show. I'm so thrilled. You are the best. Like, oh, I'm such a fan of you. But for the people listening... Tell us, who are you? What do you do? And do you have a big, scary, hairy goal? Okay, so I'm Leanne Barker and I am 61 years old and I've been sign writing for 40 years this year. So I'm, uh, I did my trade with my dad, who was a sign writer, and I started that in 1982. So I've been sign writing as a female sign writer in this trade for that long. So there's been lots of changes, things happening (laughs) over that time. So yeah, so currently I run my own sign writing business. So my dad's business is called Barker Signs. And I, when I got back into hand-painted signs in about 2016, I couldn't get the name Barker Signs because my dad still had it registered. Oh, yeah. That's why I became Brush and Pen Studio. Mm. But literally two years ago, I finally convinced him to give up the name. So I took (laughs) Barker Signs. So Barker Signs was established in 1964. And it's really lovely to be able to take it over and carry on his legacy Mm. and the form of the name because, as I said, I, I trained with him. Back in the days when there was very limited numbers of females in this trade, I think there was probably only about three, maybe four female sign writers in Australia at the time. So yeah, so that's me. My big, scary, hairy goal to to keep doing what I'm doing for at least another 20 years and not drop dead and fuse. And that would be my my greatest goal. Um, My my second scariest hairy goal is, is to still be able to travel like I was doing pre-COVID. I believe post-COVID travel is going to be a little bit different, but I'm yeah excited that I can actually get on a plane in September and come over uh, because that was, my, that was my kind of retirement goal was to be able to travel and teach and work with people overseas. So yeah, it's scary and hairy, but I've it- done it. And uh, it's probably having three-year break from COVID. Um, I've probably got a little bit gun-shy about the amount of travel that I did because it never used to worry me. But now I'm sort of like, oh, getting old now. Am I going to be okay? (laughs) But this keeps me young. So I don't feel my age. I honestly still feel like I'm about 25. 
fuck. Well, you you totally <laughs> are like like twenty five to me, definitely. <laughs> so you have been in the business for at least forty years, right? Yes, yeah. forty. So do you feel like you are like a multi-potentialite if you in, in those 40 years, like doing many different things? What are your thoughts on that? I am a typical Sagittarian. <laughs> I chase shiny objects terribly. Oh my God, those shiny objects. <laughs> I, I have to, I, if I was a cat, I'd be the one chasing that colorful dot on the floor constantly. Um, that is my life. It's always been that, oh, what can I do next? It's fun. Let's try that. I probably got that a bit from my dad. He actually taught me, sort of said to me, you, you take the leap and fall and grow your wings as you fall. So, oh, oh wow. Just, yeah, so that's probably recklessly how I have lived my life. <laughs> I, many a tall building. Um, and so far, I haven't crashed and burnt to the ground. I've had a few hiccups, but honestly, I think you've just got to have faith in yourself and just do the thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you fail. I've failed. I've failed several times. But the only way you can go from failure is up because then you can reevaluate. But yes, multi-potentialism. At the moment, I'm definitely multi-potentialism. Um, because I work with my daughter who is 24 years old and who helps me in this business but I, she has two businesses and also works a government job she is a burlesque dancer as well on top of that so she'll burn out before I will but she does styling of events and also a specialist photo shoots where she'll create an entire experience for the person so she'll create sets so what she does is she says to me, mom, I've got this idea. I go, oh, yay, what can we do? So yeah. I'm, it's really is that shiny object. If I'm not working as a sign writer in this business, I'm sign writing props for her or other burlesque dancers, or I'm helping build sets for incredible photo shoots or whatever. So love it because no two days are ever the same. And when we finish a project, she and I are very alike. I've probably told her this, but we're always looking for the next. <laughs> move on to and I think I love that about life I love the fact that there's you can seek out all sorts of new things and again just have a go yeah you know what's the worst that can happen and you it's amazing how you surprise yourself yeah you can do that is so cool and you never know until you try right yeah yeah I think that's the fun. I think I got that from my dad as well, because I remember when he said, because he wasn't professionally trained as a sign writer, he self-taught himself. I was lucky because he put me through the training system of the apprenticeship, but he, he taught himself and he often tells me of the time that he would go and see a client and they, and he would come back having no idea where to start with doing that. But he'd just do it or he'd research it or he'd have a bit of a trial at it. Um, And I think I learned that from him. Yeah. To just never say no. Yeah. And you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably to your detriment if you, um, I get very tired these days because I've always got lots of things on the go. We always seem to have lots of projects. We'll have like, you know, at the moment I'm trying to, you know, personalize 
bags that hold fans for burlesque dances and that happening in a couple of weeks time, which I'm helping with the steps on that. Also working on signage for myself. So yeah. when do you sleep? Very <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny actually, because we just did three days at a tattoo convention where I sign wrote solidly for three days. And last year I did that and I was very tired, but this year we were both, because my daughter helped me, we were both quite surprised at how quickly it went. And then we realized that since we've taken on our studio, we, we rented the whole building. We took on this studio that we work long hours in the studio. So we're kind of accustomed to working long hours and which, yeah, is good in one respect, but probably not good in a for you health wise. Yeah. yeah, but I love how many projects you're taking on and how many things you're doing. Wow. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with it all? Like constantly. <laughs> My daughter is very organized. She's a spreadsheet person and color codes everything. And I look at her and go, huh? like, yeah, I do be my daughter. Like, I don't know what she gets that. Um, probably her father. Um, he was a very organized person back in the day. But yeah, I'm shocking because I can organize other people. I'm really good at working in jobs and helping other people. But yeah. in myself, I am terrible at scheduling myself. I'm just, and I, I find I'm a great, I have the cleanest house when I procrastinate. If, if you give me too much time to do something, I find ways to put it off. And I, I just, I don't know, I've always worked better under pressure, which is not a good way to work. But why not? It's just, if it works, I, if it works that way, why not? Yeah, well, it's, as again, it's probably not good for your health. But if I'm given a lot of time, I just yeah, find other things to do. So I'm very task orientated and deadline orientated because then I know it has to get done and it works. get done. Totally hear you. I'm, I'm the same, even though I tried to plan out stuff. But it, yeah, it's good to have the deadlines and the tasks. It's hard to plan, particularly in this game, because things change, like particularly yeah. sign writing. You know, you could plan to have to do a job tomorrow and then it rains. So then you've got to adjust your schedule to, you know, shuffle things around or suddenly the client goes, oh, actually, I can't afford that this month thing. Can we push it for three months? And you're like, oh, oh right. Yeah. And that might come in this week. But it's okay, I can move it around. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to expect to be a little bit flexible, which is cool because so as I said, no two days are ever the same in the job. So do you have then like a, a specific process to deal with all your ideas if you have so many that you cannot execute straight away? Oh, constantly. <laughs> Massive folder of things that we'd love to do at one. One of the things was find a building. Well, we've got the list. Um, That's a big one. It was a huge one because we, we originally, I mean, I was working from home. I was traveling because I'd joke and say, you know, usually, usually it's you staying at home and your children go and travel the world. What was it? <laughs> was my 24 year old was at home looking after the dog while I was traveling the world, waiting for her. She was waiting for me to sort of come home, which is really bizarre, but funny the same time um so we i was working from home but with all the props that we were making we were just bursting at the seams at home and so we both needed go space and so we and and like it's very expensive i don't know what it's like in the netherlands but here studio space to rent is like you know a thousand dollars a week upwards so it was out of out of reach 
Um, but we decided we would find a building and then we convinced two other female businesses to come in with us. And so they said, yeah, surprising. And we were able to then look for buildings that we could afford because, again, they were super, super expensive. Yeah. The whole build. But we found, my found this particular building that we're in and it was already um, divided up into like separate spaces, which was amazing thing and had car park and it was half the price of what all the other buildings that were just literally empty sheds. So, so basically our life in the last probably almost 12 months has been working in the studio and getting it set up and looking the way we want and yeah, just making it what we had in our mind. And the great thing is, is that we have a storeroom now that we can store our props in about another six months and then we'll probably have to find a bigger space. But it's great because upstairs I have, we have a, an entire half a floor upstairs, which is dedicated design area for me. It's her area where she does her design work of her props, but she also makes, she also reconditions vintage lamps, hand-stitched um, Victorian reconditioned lamps. So if anyone wants one of those, jump on them. Thanks, <laughs> permissions. Yes. And then I've got my, my dirty area is downstairs here, which is where I sling paint around and fumes and it's a door that opens up, which is great to get some yeah. fresh air. And then we have this, yeah, we have a burlesque stool and a photographer and all powerhouse women. So yeah, kind of major project for the last 12 months, which is take every waking moment of ours to do. But but it's amazing. From what I can see over here, uh, listeners can't see, but it looks amazing. I see an amazing, gorgeous door, gold leaf, gilded, fantastic. So in your creative journey, having those ideas, doing all those projects, like what has been your biggest struggle? Do you have? Have you been struggling? Oh, yes. Yes. Being a, a female sign writer has been an interesting journey um, because right from the get-go, like I started my first sign writing business when I was 23, 24. And back in that those days, it was the early 80s. So it was very misogynist, everyone. Um, and so I would deal with a lot of, people that I had to kind of prove that I was capable of doing this job, you know, because I was a woman and, you know, I think that still is the case in a lot of places. I think it's, I think it's changing. I think the more we have, we've got amazing women, female sign writers, people who identify as female in the industry, which is fantastic now around the world and who are killing it in the industry. And I'm so proud of them all. Um, and they're paving the way every time we kind of break down another barrier, it just helps the next person come along. But there wasn't so much back then. So it was, it was, I guess you had to play the game to, to be able to win, you know, not rock the boat too much and be very, you know, don't be too emotional, you know, but it was great. Yeah. So that was, uh, it wasn't a struggle. It was just something that was a little bit different. I was lucky in the fact that I did my apprenticeship with my dad, who was very supportive and actually had the very first female sign writer he had in 1969. Yeah, so he kind of really paved the way. But having said that, and I've said this in other interviews too, when he put me on, he was actually chastised by a lot of the sign writers in our hometown for giving a job to a girl wow. and not a So it, it was an interesting time back then. It was a fun time, but it 
I had a very, very great life and I did a lot of stuff. I managed a sign shop in Brisbane when I was 27 or 28. So that was a massive job for me, for my age and for my experience. And then I, you know, I've worked with my dad. So I came back to my hometown and went into bis- back into business with him as a partner in the business. We did some amazing big work together. And then I, as you do, met my husband and got married and he was sadly not a very nice person. So, um, uh, he was violent. So I actually ended up leaving him, uh, when my daughter was four and I lived in my office for six months. So yeah, so there's been some rough times, but I'm very grateful for the fact that as a sign writer, I was always able to work. I know when my daughter was very little, I did a lot of chalk menus because that that got me through a lot of times so you know a lot of hard times um it was board menus were kind of my saving grace because it was something I could do while she was asleep or you know working through but I would spend many a time on a job and she would be either on a backpack in a backpack on my back sign writing or she was in a pram when I was you know sign writing and stuff and then as she got older she would spend every waking moment at the shed poor darling every holiday she would be with me so I mean in a way sign writing has been really good that I've been able to still be a mum um, yeah but also still work and I mean look but that was tough because yeah. you are juggling then you're juggling motherhood and you're juggling I was juggling an ex-husband who was not very nice so that kind of took me up to about uh, 2007 2006 2007 where we hit the GFC, so the global financial crisis that hit when America, you know, fell apart. Mm. What happened in Australia was that the banks all shut down um, and were very cautious. And as a single mom, I was actually relying on the ability. I had had managed to buy a house by that stage, and I I was relying on the ability that I had a house so that if I needed a bit of extra income, not to go on a holiday or to buy jewels, mainly mm. to just buy food and survive what couldn't do so say my toughest time was was that time financially it was very very tough and I tried to muddle through without asking for help really stupid thing to do because I was too proud and I didn't want people to know that I was getting into financial trouble and the more I tried to dig my way out of it I dug myself deeper in um so it was not a good time I don't know how I got through it I, I think my daughter just was amazing. She just helped me, you know, supported and was there picking up the pieces of her crumbled mother at times. Oh, um, wow. Terrible, but it was, it was very rough. And I was going through court cases with my ex and all sorts of things at the oh. time. So there was a lot of external pressure. And all I wanted to do was sign right. I just wanted to do what I was really good at. And I had a business and I was, you know, on the outside, it all looked amazing. It looked, you know, like I was doing really, really well on the inside. I was crumbling and, you know, on paper, the business looked like it was doing really well, but financially there was a lot of cards that were stacked on top of each other. And when you hit a quiet time, like we are at the moment, like post COVID, um, I I don't know what it's like over there, but I'm finding here at the moment, people aren't spending money because they're very unsure about what the future is. So they're all not really spending money on what they would normally spend on. And so sadly, signage is one of the things that people don't really need that, you know, mm. when 
shops gone through the roof and groceries have gone through the roof. Um, people are just basically trying to survive at the moment. So I think we're heading into another era of that 2007, 2008. Luckily for me, I don't have debt where I had debt back then because I had a business, I had credit card. I had a credit card that literally was buying materials for the business. It wasn't buying, as I said, overseas holidays or, <laughs> or you know, it was just basically using that to be able to survive because I had staff and I had a building and all of that had to be paid first out of whatever money I was making, all of that had to come out. And yeah. literally my daughter and I were the last to get the crumbs out of what was left week. So what I say to people and my advice, if you are interested in getting into any sort of lettering uh, business or game is to have a part-time job and a step. Don't just jump out there and go, oh, it'll be fine because you do need that, what I call mad money, you know, that bread and butter money that comes yeah. in regularly, that pays the rent, pays all of the expenses you, you, you have that you can't avoid. And then anything that you make out of that business is the cream and you yeah. build that. That's the advice having gone through. And I had somebody say that to me back in 20, 2007 and said, I think you need to get a job. And at the time, I didn't think I was qualified for anything, which is bizarre. No. But I didn't think I was qualified enough because unfortunately, signwriting had gone from hand painting to digital. So... Yeah. I could do graphic design work because I self-taught myself how to design on a computer. But I, if I was to go and get a job as a graphic designer, I was up against people who actually had the piece of paper and I didn't. So I really believe that I was unemployable. So I, I basically sort of said to myself, I have staying in this business because no one would give me a job. Eventually, I did actually go and get a job for a couple of years. I still did sign writing on the side, but I went and got a job and paid all the debt back and got out of debt. And then was able to put my head above all the water and do yeah. what I do now. So I'm, you know, I we took a downturn, but we came out the other end. And I don't and you regret. Made it. Yeah, I don't regret what happened. It was hard. It was very tough, and I don't wish that upon anyone. But I honestly think that these things are sent to try us, and we we're tested daily basis of whoever you believe is in charge up there, and it's what you do with it. It's yeah, how you learn from it. Yeah. And you and I you sort of go, Well, that didn't work. Let's try this. A lot of it is trial and error, particularly when you're a woman too. I think, you know, we're we're so scared to rock the boat and we're so worried that we're gonna be judged. So yeah. we don't ask we're frightened to ask questions or ask people. And and look, I, I had a lot of people that I did ask, like I, I kind of went through that period where you did the you know, the personal development stuff. And I just was taken by a lot of <laughs> I had all these women who, and sadly a lot of them were women too, were like, oh, I'll show you how to do this. I'll help you improve your business and make a six-figure income. Oh, yeah. None of that works. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. I, it just, and so I would pay thousands for these courses because I was desperately trying to learn to improve myself. And in the end, they go, well, I'm not here to show you what to do. And I'm like, well, why don't I just spend $2,000 on? Like, you know. Wow, so yeah. We got taken for a ride by a lot of the, you know, the people that were promising the pearly gates or the golden orb, which doesn't exist. 
No. It's you. You know, yeah. what, you know what you need to do. You know what's inside of you. And you have to listen to your inner voice. That's the person that you listen to in life. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. As a woman is your best gauge. Wow. And wow. Blown away by this. Yeah. Literally just a little bit speechless now. <laughs> As a sign writer, though, you are very experienced. You said like, oh, I'd, I'm unemployable other than sign writer. Have you ever felt? Like you were, how do I say this? Like, have you ever experienced any imposter syndrome or as a sign writer? I mean, constantly, constantly. I tell you what, it was so much easier in the 80s and the 90s, pre-internet. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did a job. You're in your own hometown, in your own studio, and you did a job. And it was the people within a, you know, 25-mile radius saw your sign and thought it was amazing and you weren't comparing yourself to anyone else. You might yeah. yourself to the local sign writer down the road, but that was it. That's where the bus, you know, it stopped. And I don't think, I honestly don't think imposter syndrome existed back then. If it did, I think I must have been in a bubble. I don't know. I never, <laughs> never worried about what other people thought of me or I just did what I did. Um, but yeah. Welcome, Instagram world. That is oh, my gosh. I find myself, I get up in the morning and I'm, who is this person? And the first thing I'm doing is checking Instagram. And then you're looking at other people's work and you're going, oh, God, that's so good. I'm not good enough. Oh, why can't I do that? And, and I am exactly the same. I fall into the same trap everybody else does. I then look at somebody's doing a workshop and I go, oh, my God, they're doing that workshop. They're probably going to do it better than I do. Oh, my yeah. God, what am I going to I'm about to go to Amsterdam and do a gold leaf workshop and oh, they're going to see that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it's all rubbish. It really is. It's just that we're constantly bombarded on a minute by minute basis now in this world of things that you know, as women, it's hard enough now as a woman anyway, to say I'm good enough at what I do. Like we were always yeah. being compared to others right from the year dot. We've always been stacked up against other people and compared to and we've always had self-doubt in ourselves. But I just think the social media world has just exasperated yeah. that 15,000 times more. And it's, I'm just tired. Like, aren't we tired oh, wow. of being constantly thinking that you're not enough? Well, you are. And it, yeah, that's like I just say to people, and I, I try and say it to myself as well, get off, get off socials and just look at what you've done. Be proud of what you've done. Okay, you've done some lettering. It may not be brilliant. And as I say to my students, if it's not good, do better next time. I'll let you into secret. I hate everything that I sign right. Everything. Hey, no immediately I look at it and I pick it to pieces, and I and and then I'll walk away from it, and then two days later I'll come back and I'll go, oh, actually it's not too bad. Okay, but we <laughs> we're conditioned as women to apologise. Like, we've got to stop that. We've got to yeah. stop. Women will say, you're constantly saying, oh, I'm really sorry. Oh, or if you do something, the first thing that we do with women is we pick out the fault in it. You go, oh, well, this was really great, but I did this and I yeah. should have done that. We've got to stop that because men don't do that. Men go, look at this. I did this. How amazing is it? Yeah. We've got to apologizing and just be you. You can't be anyone oh, else. I love that. Yeah. So good. You're, you're like, this is 
this is one golden nugget or a gold leaf nugget. <laughs> I, I'm I'm being one of those self-help people. No, I'm not. Well, well, you know what you're talking about. And then, you know, you're absolutely right that we should stop apologizing and just be the best us we can be. And we are already good enough. Well, we're all struggling to make sense of this stuffed up world. And I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. We've come out of a horrendous time. All of us, every one of us has been affected by COVID. No person, no one person in the world has had a different, you know, has, has escaped what we've just been through. Yes, your experiences may have been different. So we've all got to start being nice to each other and just back off a little bit. I don't know about you, but yeah. over here, people have just gotten nastier. They've forgotten the social skills because they've been locked away in their houses. I don't know, but I just find that with social media, it's too easy to be that person that quickly criticizes somebody behind yeah. the eyes of the internet. And I think we've got to stop this. And just get back to, you know, and if people are being mean to you or nasty or something, delete them off your page. Yeah. It's yeah. Your page rules. Get rid of them. Don't buy into it. Like, uh, you know, we don't know what people are going through. We never know what, you know, what you're experiencing, what I'm experiencing right in this moment. You know, have a bit of empathy. This is the yeah. thing. Just, there's no empathy and it really upsets me to, yeah. to my core. And there's just, you know, constant complaints people are really angry and upset well i'm sorry we've all been there so true that's take a pill and chill <laughs> i love that so even though you said like okay don't go on socials you are on socials what is your <laughs> what is your social media where can people find you okay so the best my- way so what I've done is my brush and pen studio page. So at brush and A-N-D pen studio is my workshop page. So that's where I, I post where I'll be running workshops and, and that's sort of my training side of things. My sign writing page is at Barker, B-A-R-K-E-R underscore signs, S-I-G-N-S. Um, go Barker signs, you'll go to a guy in the UK. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. between Barker and such. So that's all my sign work and my gold leaf work. So, yeah, I separated it. I wanted to separate so that, you know, focus more on, on yeah. particularly workshops. Yeah. So I run online workshops, sign writing online workshops at the moment because I haven't been able to travel. So I do them via Zoom and it's an intro to sign lettering course, which is a six-week course. But now that the world's opening up, I am starting to get back out and run workshops. And <laughs> Shop is coming up in Amsterdam on the 8th of September, which is gilding on glass and it's a beginner class. So you basically get a pre-printed um, glass panel with just black lines on it and it's paint by numbers, but it's learning how to water gild and oil gild and some other really cool techniques and a bit of blended shading and stuff like that. And you'll go home with a really nice panel. I haven't designed it yet, but we'll come up with something. I try and make it kind of local to the, to the spot. So exciting. It's a little flabbergasted. Yeah. So I'm also going to join your workshop in Amsterdam. It, yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. People, if you are thinking about taking a sign writing class, go check out Leanne. She is amazing. Um, and definitely come join the fun. Leanne, one more question. Last question for you. Do you have a quote for us? Oh, um, well, my, my main one that I live by is training that takes you places. 
which was something that my sign writing um, did. Like by doing training, I could keep traveling. That's how my dad got me into my, into the apprenticeship. He conned me and said I could keep traveling once I had my apprenticeship. But the other one is the one I said to you is, is you grow your wings as you fall. Don't be afraid to jump off a tall building. Just do it. Like have a go at something. And it's amazing. You will absolutely surprise yourself when you give yourself, just give yourself permission to do it. Don't yeah. listen to everybody. Just do it. And if it's terrible, my first sign is terrible. But look at what you do. Go back and improve the next time. I love that. Thank you so, so much, Deanne. It has been wonderful to talk to you. And we great. I can't wait to meet you in person. I hope I get to meet a few other people over there as well. That's the reason I travel. I just love the fact that I get out there and meet like-minded people. And, and I light up when I talk about science. Yeah, you do. Your energy is amazing. Thank you so, so much. See you soon. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Yoga's Joyful Journey. Make sure to head over to the show notes for all the links and information on our guest this week. You can check it out at thegreennib.nl forward slash podcast. I can't wait for you to catch the next episode. See you then.